there's a, a topic that I found myself talking about with, um, with my mom, with my girlfriend, with my sister. Uh, I've talked about it also in the past with my kids. And it's this whole concept of um, designing your life. I was having this conversation today with my mom and the whole conversation was revolving around this newfound artistic outlet that my mom has discovered um, in the form of like, you know, restoring old furniture and antiques and but not just restoring them, but kind of doing like artistic things with them, you know, making them look um, like something interesting, you know, that somebody will want to put on their shelf as decoration or on their wall or whatever. And she's really, really taken to this. Like it's become this newfound passion for her. And it's really cool. I, I love seeing her passionate about anything artistic. Oh, excuse me. Because um, my mom, you know, I've got a create, I got a, a creative, artistic flair, and I know that that comes from a combination of, of both my parents. Uh, my dad, when I was a kid, um, when I visited him at eleven and thirteen years of age in Spain, I spent two months each time with him, and I just I remember his basement. And in his basement, his basement was basically his, it was like his man cave, but it was, it wasn't what you would typically think of a man cave, you know, there was no pool table or big screen TV or sound system or anything like that, like it was, it was essentially like a big ass library, he had all sorts of fucking books, I'm talking about two complete walls in his basement with shelves upon shelves of all sorts of books that he's read. And he had things like, um, you know, die-cast metal models, um, cars, airplanes, spaceships. And then in the closet that was in the, uh, in, in the basement, he had turned that entire thing into a radio and electronics shop, basically. And he was very much into, like, CB radio communication and stuff. And he had a bunch of friends that he made that way, communicating through CB radio. Um, and then he was also... He, he used to be a mechanic back in the day in Colombia. And so, you know, still, even though he doesn't do that for a living, it's something that he loves doing. So he just did it at, at, on an amateur basis. My point is that my dad is... You know, clearly has many creative outlets and he loves creativity as a whole and he's very curious, etc. My mom is the same way, but she, I don't know, she just had kind of like forsaken that side of herself. So now that she's got this going on, like she's even selling the shit. So it's nice. It's great to see her doing that kind of stuff, you know, because I know firsthand being a creative type, I know how frustrating it is to not have an active creative outlet. It starts drying you up inside it starts you start shriveling up inside in a way and and you feel dissatisfied you feel incomplete you feel like there's something stuck inside of you so she's very actively pursuing this new form of art for herself 
she wants to also turn it like into a business and you know she again she's selling this stuff to some people and one thing that she's struggling with which is what our conversation was about today is um the fact that in her apartment she has several closets and storage areas where she keeps part of her materials or tools like her raw materials that she works with and stuff like that and uh when she has time to sit down and start getting to work on some of that stuff she has to like go to several places and and bring the shit out like she has to dig around for it and set up her work area and then she can begin working and the reason why she does that is because she doesn't want to mess up her apartment like she wants to keep her living room area and her dining area and her bedroom and all that stuff uh she doesn't want to have a whole bunch of stuff laying around like for her for her work for her art and uh but her art is such a source of satisfaction and fulfillment for her right now that denying herself the ease of being able to just sit down and starting to work you know out of out of anywhere out of just when inspiration hits is frustrating her and so as we were talking about that point today you know, I started asking her like what what's stopping you from just altering the way that you have your apartment set up uh and creating half of like maybe the living room area making it into your workshop you know i started thinking about like some some artists um who live in in open lofts you know where there's no walls or separations or partitions it's just a completely open space and they do everything within there right like the entire thing is their workshop and the entire thing is also their living space and so they have their bed there and there's a kitchen and there's you know like everything that they need to live and work is all mixed into the same open space so as i was thinking about that i told her you know like what what is it who are you impressing with a living room <laughs> you know who are you impressing with a dining room because my sister, she's about to um, move out of out of her house. She's going off, you know, she finished college and she got a good job and she's going to move out. My mom's going to be on her own. So, you know, I just told her, I was like, if I were you and I'm alone and I'm single and, you know, I, why why not turn a space in your apartment into your actual work area so that it's always at the ready so that it's always available for you and whenever inspiration strikes you just get to work right away who is it that you want to impress my mom's not big on like socializing she's not big on you know having visitors over to her house like she's she's really not so it's not like there's anybody that she's needing to keep an organized traditional quote-unquote traditional apartment layout for so why not accommodate her living space to cater to this newfound artistic outlet creative outlet that's giving her so much satisfaction and as we were there talking and i was mentioning that she kind of paused and she was like damn you know you're absolutely right i don't know why i hadn't thought about that i don't know why I don't know what it is that I'm trying to hang on to because here I am trying to be organized and trying to, you know, keep my place nice and tidy and, uh, you know, presentable and all this. 
and I'm making it more difficult for myself to pursue something that is actually more fulfilling to me than having a traditional looking apartment. And you just get, like gave me that clarity. Anyway, so like all this to go back to the point of designing your life. You know, I think that a lot of times we live our lives frustrated in different ways because we have these desires in our hearts and our minds for things to be a bit different in this area of our life or that area. And we feel almost like paralyzed. Like we can't take action to make that happen. We feel stuck for some reason. And a lot of that has to do with trying to maintain maintain some sort of status quo, some sort of normalcy. And, you know, I just keep asking myself, like, what, why? Who tells you? Who is it that, that can actually tell you, like, oh, no, you can't keep your apartment this way? Or, oh, no, you can't drive that kind of car? Or, uh, oh, no, you can't have this kind of hobby? Uh, who, who says who? You know, why can't we take ownership of our lives, take ownership, ownership of our space, ownership of our belongings, ownership of our time, and design our life to be composed of events, spaces, hobbies, and people that truly bring satisfaction to us. Who are we trying to entertain with our lives? Who is it that we're trying to impress with our lives? Who is it a parent? Is it a friend? Is it a spouse? I feel like anybody who is in your life who gives a shit about you, like truly cares about you, should support your decisions towards whatever makes you feel most fulfilled. I don't think anybody who legitimately loves you and cares for you should be trying to hold you to some superficial idea of what is normal just for their own comfort. Because that's ultimately what we're talking about here, right? Like, is it that when someone walks into your car or your home or steps into your life in general... What are you afraid that they're going to think like, oh, you're so weird because you turned your living room into a workshop for for crafts like the hell's wrong with you. (laughs) And there is absolutely nothing weird about that. And if somebody truly considers that weird, then they need to see their way out the door of your life, because that gives you a very clear idea of just how much they truly will come to care about you. And of course, I'm talking about actually outwardly rejecting your decisions to cater and design your life to your needs, desires, goals, hobbies, passions. I'm not talking about like initially being taken aback, like, whoa, you turned your workshop into a, uh, your living room into a workshop. As long as they don't oppose it, as long as they let you do you, you know, welcome them you know there was somebody that I dated um well single 
And she was, I think, by far the most passionate animal lover that I've ever seen. Like, she was legitimately concerned for the well-being of animals. I'm talking everything from bees to stray dogs out in the street that she would rescue. Like, <laughs> you know, she was really, really into animals. And I really respected that about her. I, I kind of admired it, to be honest, because that's it takes a lot of selflessness to care for another living being like that, you know, to the point that you... You're driving around, you see this dog walking alone near a railroad or in, in an alley or something, and you go in and you get them to try to help them. You feed them, you give them a bath, you give them some shots, you you know, you, you care for them, and then you try to find them a home. That to me is like, it's very foreign to me because it's not something that's natural naturally in me to do. So... I had to respect it. I had to admire it. And I thought it was so, so sweet. It was so tender, you know, like very loving. And um, I remember when I walked into her home for the first time, um, you know, I saw her living room and her living room was composed basically, if I can remember correctly, of a couch and a coffee table. Um... And then the rest <laughs> seemed like it was meant to cater to animals. You know, there were several dog cages or animal cages and uh, all sorts of accessories and things for animals and leashes and all sorts of shit. Like it, it was really a place that was mostly made to cater to her love of animals and her caring for animals than anything else. And of course, there were actual animals, right? Like there were actual dogs in there. I think there were like four of them when when I went to visit her and um yeah it like I, I said already I respect it I admire it as a matter of fact however could I see myself dating someone and advancing through life with someone who gives that much priority to uh to animals including stray animals um, I, I, probably not. It's not that I have anything against dogs. I don't have anything against animals. But I just don't share that passion, right? Like, she really crafted her entire life around these animals. And not only would she take in animals that she would find in the street, but she would also uh, take in animals as a foster uh, caregiver, right? Like, she would take animals for long periods of time until they found a, a home to adopt them. So her entire life was very much composed of various animals at different times. Um, but she never had less than like three, four animals at a time, it seemed. And as much as I respect that, it's just not something that I was willing to, that I would be willing to live with, you know, for the long term. So, you know, we're not together for a reason. <laughs> um, there were other reasons, but... That definitely played into it, you know. It's one of the factors that I had to consider, and I did. And it, but it, I, I did so with respect, you know. I didn't bash her for it. I didn't criticize her for it. I didn't make fun of her for it. I respected it, and I feel like that's how people should be with us in our lives. People should 
if they walk into our space, walk into our lives, and there's something about us in the way that we pursue our passions and pursue our gifts and our talents that doesn't sit right with them, they should walk out the door. And if they don't, we should show them the door in turn because, um, let's face it, there's nobody who accompanies you inside your own mind. There is nobody whom at the end of the day, if you feel dissatisfied with your life, is going to be able to help you carry that burden of dissatisfaction. Therefore, it's on you. You have to give yourself and your own life priority. And you should find ways of tailoring your life, designing your life, your time, your space, the people in your life, your hobbies, your passions, whatever gives you satisfaction, you should feel empowered to design your life to fit you. And then if you decide to share your life with somebody else, well, then, you know, both of you sit down and start designing a life together, right? Like, that's the whole point, though. Don't live your life in an X or Y way just because that's what X or Y person expects. Fuck that noise. Again, those people aren't there to feel the dissatisfaction along with you. So screw them. Sure, if you want to take their opinion into consideration, do so. But in the end, design your life to fit you, to fit the shape of your heart, to fit the shape of your mind. Design your life. Good night. Imagine noise.